Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of MMA Uncaged, episode 25, a quarter of a century, brought to you by Ginger Fox Coffee, guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. Check out gingerfoxcoffee.com for more information. Justin Ferrier joins me as always, and a special guest tonight, he is the president of EFC Worldwide, Kyra Howarth, a man who has been at the forefront of MMA in South Africa, the founder of uh, Africa's premier MMA organization in EFC Worldwide. Kyra, thanks so much for your time. How's Cape Town today? I believe it was like 40 degrees Celsius um, and absolutely scorching, like uh, like we're expecting on May 8th when the, the MMA action returns to EFC. I hope so, yeah. Cape, Cape Town's awesome. Thanks for that cool intro, CS. I think we should get you to intro me for everything from now on. That was epic. But, uh, uh, we'll, we'll speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all good in Cape Town, but uh, getting really excited for the 8th of May. Certainly, certainly something to be back in action. Caro, I mean, uh, and, and Justin, I'm sure you'll jump in at, at some stage. You know, this, uh, this EFC baby of yours, you know, I mean, Go back to, to the time you, you first contacted me um, and said, come and just watch this event when I was still on radio. Um, and it's, it's evolved into this incredible, incredible product. I mean, tell us a bit more about, you know, the thinking behind starting something MMA and, and where EFC originated from and, and the birth of what is very much still Africa's premier organization. Jeez. Yeah, th- thinking back to our first meeting, CS, and the, the early days, I think the first time I was chatting with, with Justin, he was a manager for Dallas Jacoby back back before the first EFCs, and we were just explaining what we wanted to do. Uh, but in a, in a quick nutshell, an overview, I was a fan of the sport. I was watching it, you know, watching what the UFC was doing globally. Um, and we were, myself and my brothers and my partners were in a fortunate position to be have a television production and marketing agency as well as an events business, uh, which is pretty much what you need to do EFC um, to do a business like this. And we just saw the growth of the UFC globally. And as with all these big American or international organizations, they're always going to go around the whole world first and they always leave Africa till right at the end. So we saw a massive opportunity to own the fastest growing sport, so to speak, in Africa, uh, build it up here, knowing that we're going to be just competing with local people in the beginning for quite a while um, and just, you know, do it really well and produce a beautiful product. We, we're fortunate in in Africa. We've got amazing production capacity and ability and creatives. Uh, so the, the product that we can put out there is world class. Um, and we've got amazing MMA athletes. You know, in the beginning, they were very raw uh, and just in Justin can tell you probably more about that. You know, none of the athletes were professional, so to speak, as in they all had other jobs and they were just doing this kind of for fun as a hobby on the side. Um, So the production level was higher than the athletes in the beginning, but then the athletes quickly upped their game and, you know, caught up with the production. And now you've got an amazing production and amazing quality athletes as well. Now, congrats on a a fine job, it must be said. Uh, Justin, I mean, as as, um, Cairo said, your your connection to EFC goes way back. I mean, do you recall your first EFC event that you attended, and and do you re- yes. have a have a memory from there that stands out? Absolutely, EFC one. Uh, uh, I remember the big wings on the logo, EFC Africa. Um, I was working for what was before you, then the biggest at the time, and I went up to watch, and I came back, and I was like, guys. I've got too much money. It's too good. You can't compete. But yes, I do have a memory. Um, Soldier Boy, I remember uh, his name. He was Mark Delefield's fight. He was a big heavyweight. He fought on that car as well. And I remember not being able to get out of the of, of the dome because there were too many cars. It was a good time. I mean, the, Cairo, those early days, I mean, five, six, seven thousand, eight thousand people at those events, you must have thought like, Oh my goodness, what have we done? We're on to something here. Yeah, that's cool. It was a cool feeling. Um, because when you're doing something, you never know how it's going to turn out. You know, you can do all the marketing and you can picture something in your head, but until it actually happens and people arrive, that's, you know, that's when you see. But, but like you say, we had, a, we had an awesome, awesome support. Um, everyone came to support the show. We had, yeah, it was kind of like in the beginning, an underground kind of following. 
uh, how EFC started off and it built up to be much more mainstream. And then, you know, once you start doing broadcast deals on the super sports and the like, then it becomes very mainstream, which is, that is the evolution of, of a sports business. That's where it's got to go. Uh, we couldn't stay culty and, and small forever, as cool as it was. Um, you you got to hit the mainstream market in order to continue growing. So, yeah, we, we, we're very pleased. We've had a, it's been pre-COVID, it was 10 years that we've been, that we've been building the brand and the business. And yeah, so it's been, it's definitely been an interesting journey, that's for sure. Let's talk about COVID because it's been over a year now since your last event. Um, we're obviously excited about May the 8th, uh, the next event, but how tough has COVID been uh, on, on the organization and on, on you personally? Because I know you've been working extremely hard behind the scenes to, to make sure everything can work um, and is sustainable in, in this uh, very trying time. Yeah, it's been obviously not just for us, but for all sports organizations, it's been obviously a disaster. Uh, and very much for the athletes as well. You know, you look at EFC athletes and what we've built up. We've built up such a cool platform, and they all had getting different sponsorships and, and endorsements, and you know, building their own brands. And all of a sudden, that gets cut off. Uh, so it's been it's been really tough. It's been really tough for us as an organisation, for me personally, for anyone who works for EFC, from right from my head office all the way down through to to the athletes and the trainers and everyone. So yeah, but it's not just us. You know, it's not any fault of ours or even this countries, it's the world. The whole world's in the same situation. You can you can look at anywhere and they're, they're in the same boat. So certainly no point whining about it. And, and all we can do is uh, is try is try and make the best of it or the situation we're in. So we've been working, we've been pushing a lot, um, pushing every day. We've been focusing on our strategy and focusing on what we can control, which is, you know, yes, we couldn't do live shows, but we can still extend our broadcast reach. We can still get our brand out there in front of the right people. We can still talk to corporates. We can still, you know, engage with, with government. We can still do all of that type of stuff. So we've been building in the background. So yes, we haven't publicly been very loud. You know, we've actually been super quiet. <laughs> we've been, but, uh, but, but in the background, we've been, we've been very busy um, and it's been good. So, so we've actually lined up in this time. We've literally continued a really big television expansion. Uh, and we, we're going to come out of this in a, in a really good position, actually. Yeah, we're very excited for you, Cairo. Um, you obviously uh, the card is coming together nicely, and, and we'll 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 get into that uh, in a little bit. But tell me more about hashtag I'm in EFC invested. Tell us a bit more about it because, as I understand it, you had to adapt in COVID times and, in a way, make EFC more accessible not only to to fight, fighters and athletes, but you know to everyone who wants to get involved. Hundred uh, percent. To run a show like EFC is, is, is obviously big costs in there. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into this production. Never mind, never mind the head office running costs, but the actual the shows themselves are really, really expensive to put on a product like we do. Uh, you know, we're competing effectively with the likes of the UFC globally. Um, so we're trying to put on that level quality product. We don't want to. I don't want to put together an average, you know, average-looking show that looks like it's coming out of some crappy country and the people in the rest of the world think it's like some second-rate show we want to put on a show that people think is a ufc quality so that's what we strive to do and that's but to do that it just takes cash um so covid's covid's hammered us financially you know there's no question we haven't been generating revenue for over a year uh so it's we've had to relook at what we can do um but we say we can either sit here and sit for another year and wait until this ends and you know money comes and you know it comes about again and the markets change or we can do something about it and we want to capitalize so to speak on the current market that it is because the market at the moment is is deprived of live sport there hasn't been much going on more people are watching tv the ufc has done an amazing job of attracting more audiences to mma as a whole so we want to get in on that um, but we need to be producing new content in order to do that so we said, how can we do this? And a, we, we come up with a, a, new, a new offering, so to speak. Um, it's kind of like we're going to be listing a percentage of EFC equity, making it available to the public and available to athletes. Uh, but we're quite excited about the structure that we've got. It starts off with the athletes themselves. We're going to be the first organization that we know of in Africa that's going to be part owned by the actual athletes. So. Coming up on the 8th of May, uh, the athletes that are going to be competing, they're going to be competing for some cash, but the majority of their purse and the 
prize money and the, um, the bonuses is actually going to be they're going to be getting equity in EFC in the actual business itself. So they're going to be shareholders in our business. And what that really does, it, it basically, we're all coming together. You know, a guy like Faiz, he wants to compete. He looks at us and goes, guys, I want to compete without EFC. I've done nothing for a year. I'm going nowhere. My career is going nowhere. We need to just start again. We're in the same boat. They're in the same boat. We all want the same thing. Uh, so we're all putting skin in the game, so to speak, and everyone's coming on board, and we're going we're gonna to build this business together. Um, and they're going to be shareholders in our business, which we're really excited about. So we're going to have hopefully 200 athletes that end up being shareholders in the UFC, promoting us. And even when they go on, you know, a guy like Faiz, if he goes and gets signed to the UFC afterwards, I hope he keeps his EFC shares, keeps, you know, active in the sport in Africa, doesn't forget where he comes from, you know, keep building, looking for the next athletes coming through. Um, so so a structure that we're setting up, we're effectively listing 20% of the equity in EFC. It's going through a special purpose vehicle that's going on a on a platform called Stack Assets, which is a um, kind of like a fractional ownership marketplace. So you can buy shares in different businesses. They do a lot of property stuff. They look at coal mines, a whole bunch of different stuff. But effectively, it's a really good, safe um, platform in order for people to trade their equity, uh, purchase and trade equity on there. So first, it's going to be the athletes that are, are going to be um, participating in this. And you see all the athletes competing on the card, are all, they're all in, they're all coming in, they all said they want to compete, they want EFC to grow, they want to be part of this, um, and they're really excited about the opportunity. And then we're going to open it up one step further to, to the public, to investors, uh, to say, hey, I want to get in. There'll be, there'll be two kind of people that we see getting involved in this. One, it's, it's pure investor type people looking at this as a business decision and going, geez, okay, well, there's the UFC, which is worth $7 billion. There's one FC in Asia that raised you know, $400, billion, uh, $400 million at a, at a $1 billion valuation. Then there's PFL in America. It's three years old. They've raised a couple hundred million dollars at you know, whatever valuation. So you know, what's EFC worth? EFC's got the whole Africa marketplace, the future of MMA, we believe is in Africa from an athlete point of view, from a demographic point of view, the young population point of view. You know, so what can EFC be worth? So you look at that and you'll have investor type people going, let me put some cash into that to you know, cash out on the, on the upside when, when this business does grow and does, you know, it's, this is getting it back on its feet and growing and make some money. And then the second type of people that we see uh, will be people who just want to see the sport in Africa grow. And they want to support, support the athletes. I want to see a guy like Faiz get to the UFC one day. They want to see him fighting again at EFC. The only way that's going to happen is we need everyone's support. So they come in, put 1,000 rand in, put 5,000 rand in, put whatever, whatever it is that they want, purchase equity in the business, and be a shareholder in EFC. And on top of that, besides the actual um, equity that from a financial point of view that they'll get, they'll also we are building in a like a members club, an owners club, if you want to call it that. So you're going to get exclusive content, you know, streaming rights, a whole bunch of stuff that's going to come with the tickets to events, exclusive access that you can't get otherwise. So, so we're going to build a cool, awesome ownership program. Uh, people are going to get to vote on the next title fight, as an example, if you're an owner. You know, who you want to see this guy face next or that girl face next. So we're going to do really cool stuff like that, which makes it interactive um, and awesome. So it's kind of like it's a combination of, of that that we see coming through um, and on the back of that that's allowing EFC to start up again that's allowing us to come out from where we are now in COVID and actually put on live shows again and start, start building your sport again and building the brand again and and building across Africa and executing the strategy that we've been doing for the last 10 years um, and I think it's going to give us it's actually going to put us in a much better position. Up until now, the business is just owned by us. Now we're going to have probably thousands of owners who are all actively promoting and building the sport as a whole and building the EFC brand and promoting the athletes and pushing it out there. So we only see a lot of positive coming from that, and we really see it taking EFC to the next level. Yeah, historically, like I look at it and I go, is everybody that's on the card has is, is bought into the concept? So... I look at it, I look at historically how you've changed your game. So I've seen a few things and I look at this and I go, there's a massive opportunity here. And it's and it's good because I could be a, a shareholder in it, a stakeholder in it more than just working at it. It's it's something that historically we've we've seen you change your game and we've seen you do positive things. I don't see I don't see the negative on this one. 
Yeah, yeah th- th- thanks, Jess. And, and, and that's exactly it. As someone like you, and, and from a, when I say the public point of view, you know, you're an expert in MMA. You know more about the business, you know about the sport than 99.9% of the people on Thank this planet. And, and, the same with, and the same with the athletes that are competing. They're, they're, these guys live and breathe the sport. You know, they, 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 they know everything. So when, when a, a fan, a general public or a, a prospective investor looks at this and goes, geez, you got Faiz Jacobs. This guy is literally, he's, he's, he's fighting for equity in EFC at that valuation. You've got a guy like Justin. He's there being part of this at that valuation. Those guys know more than me. Then I'm ever going to know about the sport and about the business and about the opportunity, and it and it gives credibility and validation to you know to the whole to the whole um, to everything to everything that we're doing. But but it's only possible with the athletes and with our partners being involved. And so before we launched this publicly, that was obviously the first thing that we did. We went out to the athletes and top partners and we said, "This is what we want to do. This is why we're doing it. This is why we want you involved. And this is why what the benefits are going to be." And every single person said, this is awesome. Let's get in. We're, we're all in. We want to do this. We want to make this happen. Um, and this is kind of a steamroll from there. So it's been a really, really positive experience. Cairo, I've got to ask this. Um, what are the risks with this? Because is sort of a third wave, is, is COVID still the biggest threat to, to you guys rolling this out um, going forward? Because with anything, that any venture, there's always a risk in some sort of shape or form. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's a business. Anything can happen. We're a country. Anything can happen. You know, that's that's general general life. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see the COVID risk so much anymore, so to speak. Uh, I think with the UFC has proven what a good product MMA looks like without an audience. So, and people are used to watching it. Brands are used to paying to be part of that. The broadcasters are loving broadcasting it. MMA is we're lucky that MMA looks better than most other sports with no fans there. It's like it's intimate, it's cool, it's actually awesome to watch. A lot of my friends telling me they prefer watching it like that without the audience. So, so whereas you don't hear that about football or tennis or you know a lot of the other stuff. Um, so I'm I'm not worried about I'm not worried about that at all. If if in reality it's also a very safe sport, it's one athlete competing against one athlete. We test them both for COVID. They're both negative. They quarantine. They fight each other. There's much less risk of transmission than yeah. a soccer team or cricket team or rugby or anything else like that. So we actually yes, we're a contact sport, but it's a, it's a one-on-one contact sport. It's not a, it's not a whole yeah. team. Uh, so I don't I don't actually foresee any issues with that going forward. I think everyone's got and we've got the same extensive protocols put in place to you know to mitigate the risk um and i think if anything we just won't have any audience there which is exactly what we're, we're banking on we're counting on having no audience so if we're allowed to have audience bonus awesome we get cool atmosphere we make some more money if we, yeah. and we have our, our owners and our sponsors and our partners all involved um but worst case scenario we don't have an audience and the product looks perfect just like the ufc's product does well uh, one thing i can commend you on is that you've always run a tight ship i mean uh, the production has always been world class it's been great to watch having been part of it it's been a very you know professional experience and and we've no doubt that you'll pull it off um hopefully we'll we'll see it at at your headquarters at the the performance high performance institute but this card is is quite exciting i think justin and i have been talking about it before the show um, with some of the matchups, um, obviously we raised some eyebrows with some of them, but I think we're looking forward to the bantamweight title fight with Faiz Jacobs, uh, Chip Fumbu going head to head. I mean, Justin, what do you make of that one? Because it, stylistically, it's it's quite interesting because Cairo was talking about Faiz as a guy who's got massive potential. He's a guy who used to be an Uber driver, decided wanted to do MMA, and now he is the bantamweight champion of EFC. It's an awesome no, story. He's he's got such charisma. Uh... Not an easy fight. So, so this, and I'm speaking, I, I might be speaking at a turn because we haven't seen these guys for over a year, but uh, not an easy fight. Well matched. Um, I think it's going to be pretty explosive. I like Sylvester. Uh, but I'm going to sit on the fence <laughs> for this one. Yeah, we're not going to put the president uh, of the EFC on the, on the spot either to call a winner. But I mean, <laughs> that's the type of fireworks you want from a main event. That's exactly what we want. And what we also want and what we're getting is we're just getting awesome athletes putting their hand up and putting their name forward and saying, put me on the card. You know, we've literally got we got guys who have been competing for us recently. We've got guys who haven't fought like Boyd Allen in ages who are, who are putting their hand up and saying, get me in there. You know, so it's awesome. It gives us from a, 
this last year of very quiet time and like, you know, working in the background, it's been really great getting out there, chatting with the athletes, interacting with them, feeding off their energy, all of us getting amped and excited again. It's, it, yeah, we're, we're definitely missed it and we're super, yeah, we're super amped to get back in there. We're definitely tingling, I must say, but it's nice to finally have this tangible thing that we're waiting for. Uh, one thing, Cairo, eyeballs have, have never been a problem for you guys. You've always had eyeballs on the sport. There must be a little bit of pressure going into this one, knowing how huge that audience is going to be because it's entire the entire continent of Africa is going to be watching this event. Yeah, we're pushed um, in this last year and the last two years, but even this last year, we've really signed up signed up over thirty uh, TV deals across Africa. So wow. we've got a well done. That's incredible. A, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I say to be correct. I don't know any other sports organization from Africa that's got the broadcast reach that we've got. So we, I mean, we're on daily on Super Sport, like eight hours a day. We're on. Mm weekly on the biggest free-to-air TV stations, 52 weeks a year. It's awesome. It's amazing. And like you say, and, and we're pumping this out in, in English and French and Portuguese for the whole of Africa. We, we're doing some digital distribution deals now that we're going to be announcing soon. We've got a whole, basically, you know, if you want to watch EFC, no matter where you are in Africa, you're going to be able to find it you know, on a TV station or a mobile phone or wherever it is. We're going to make it accessible to everyone. Um, but yeah, the, the, the pressure's on us, which is cool, but we like pressure. We're happy with deadlines and, and we, we, know we, can, we know we can deliver a good product. Kai, I've got to ask you, um, uh, there are still a few spaces on the card. How close are you guys to, to wrapping things up? And, um, you know, is, is there any potential surprises on the, on the card with, with some showdowns coming? Well, you don't have to give all the secrets away, but, um, you know. I'll, I'll leave that for Graham. He's busy, which is cool. Uh, he, he, uh, he, got, he dusted his cell phone up off the cobwebs off the cell phone and he got out of bed. And, oh, and he, his battery was going down often. Yeah, exactly. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. He's charging his phone once a day again. Uh, but it's it cool. He, he, he's been working it, which is nice. Um, and he's basically actually just he's lining up three cards right now. So we're doing May, June, and July all in a row. So we're literally Brilliant. signing fights that's for the next. That's awesome. Yeah, signing fights for the next three fight cards so we and we we want them all to be big you know first the first card Graham put together was the main card stacked with like 20 amazing fights we said Graham what are you going to do the next month oh yeah 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 you know so we don't have to talk about it so you know we're doing a month we're not just one a year again we're doing a show a month again so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so anyway so we've been uh, we, we spaced everything out so yeah we, we got we got we got a whole bunch to look forward to and again some of the athletes, obviously, they're also coming out of it and coming out of a year off. So they also want to test their weight cuts again and see where they are and do the sparring sessions. So a lot of them yeah. haven't been doing They haven't had an opportunity. So so some couldn't make this May card. Some are in for June, some are in for July. So, But yeah, without giving names, we've got, we're all in for a treat. Oh, that's brilliant, man. That's, that's so exciting. Um, Kara, um, you know, we, we're going to let you go soon. I know that uh, you've got a house um, with your, your kids what's and it's bedtime. Time, yes, yes. <laughs> We've all got families. What's the time? <laughs> Stay on. All right. Um, but I think for me, the, the interesting thing that you said is Africa is this massive pipeline and we're seeing it in the UFC. Uh, we're seeing it in other organizations, um, Bellator, you name it. Africa seems to be this pipeline. Do you still... Be- believe and and uh, that we can generate more and more champions and and professional mma athletes out of this continent despite all the challenges that we do face at times see us more than ever so when we started efc 12 years ago we were you know we, we live in africa we're african we're passionate about it here um but it took a long time, you know, I said it took a long time. We're, you know, we're pushing our content overseas. We're meeting with the UFC from, you know, early days and showing them my athletes. And they're like, yeah, kind of rolling their eyes a bit, you know, because in, in reality, our the level of the athlete in the early days wasn't that quality yet, you know, it wasn't, wasn't global quality. Um, but we caught up quickly, like I said earlier. And now I think we've got, I think we undervalued, so to speak. I think that people don't realize how good the athletes are here. And I think there's just going to be, yeah, we foresee from an athlete participation point of view, uh, never ending uh, champion Dolce joining me today from Kinshasa. He's, he's, he's sending me WhatsApp videos. He did a seminar, three-day seminar. He's just pumping me with guys to sign. Like, they've just got a lineup of people. He says, you don't understand the talent that's coming out of there. He says, they just need an opportunity. They just need a chance. And with that opportunity, with that chance for them. So we're going to get these athletes in there. 
going to give them their shot um, and they're going to build their way up and they're going to get to the top. I, I've got no doubt about it from an athlete point of view. Africa is the future. You know, again, MMA is beautiful because you don't need a lot of money to get into it. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need to go to the right school and schooling sports system to get through to get to the top. You can you can fight your way out of anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to obviously skill and talent and determination, a whole bunch of stuff. But but it's it's perfect for Africa if that makes sense. You know, there's it, these guys can guys and girls can can make it their own. Um, but just from that's a that's an athlete point of view. And then from a from a viewership point of view, from an audience point of view, if you look at the the audience demographics of MMA, it's a younger sport. So the fans that watch MMA are generally younger. Um, it's a it's a younger audience, and the population growth forecast for Africa, they say, 50% of the world's population is going to be born in Africa in the next 30 years. So that means by 2050, people who are 30 years and below, half of them are going to be in Africa. So and that's yeah. your that's your audience and that's your participants because yeah. you know what's an athlete you know so so there's no question you look at what the kind of money and the kind of investment that nba is putting into africa the rest of it's coming it's going to be awesome the ufc need to put some money down here they've gone and built a, a performance institute in china cool that's nice you know <laughs> but can put one of those. Sung Wei Lee off. might differ, yeah. you know. I mean, she might yeah, say. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. You know, yeah, China's yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Exactly. I, I think that, and, and that's what it comes down to. It will come, which is awesome. We have we're doing the groundwork at the moment. We're very happy to do that. There's space. We want the UFC here. It's only going to do amazing things for our business. So we want it here. We want the sport to continue growing. They're going to help grow the sport here, um, and they're going to give our African athletes more and more opportunity. They've been signing more and more of our athletes, and they're going to continue signing more and more of our athletes. And we're going to keep sending them until we get champions for them. Last one from me, Cairo, and I'm sure Justin might have one after that. It must be, how can I say, you must feel proud when you see the champion Dolchers, the Drikas Duplessis, the Don Madge, JP Bass, uh, Soldier Boy, Ruan Potts, the list goes on, of guys that have come through the EFC and, and forged a career in the toughest organization, you know, the number one organization in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we love it. It's literally, that's our, I guess, our fun. You know, like, <laughs> we, we work really hard at EFC. We... We work really hard and it's stressful and there's a lot going on. But when we get to sit back and watch a UFC event with one of our former champs competing there, that's awesome. Because then it's, you know, we're not working. I'm sitting at a, I go down to Cafe Caprice and I watch it and it's, and it's epic. You know? and it's, hey, can we, we bill to... them? Can we bill them for that mention, that plug, hey? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay. <laughs> But, uh, but 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 yeah, that, that's that's our that's our fact, you know. And, yeah, like you say, we're really proud. We really are, and it's it's just awesome to see. And, and we're just so happy that these athletes are getting that opportunity, and that we're part of that journey. Justin, you got any last parting words for before we let Cairo go and, and get down to Caprice? I just can't wait for the main event. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. And sis, I know you've been uh, you and me have been chatting about this interview for a year now. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to talk to you if I've got nothing to say. Sis. Well, <laughs> I got nothing to say. What do you want me to tell you? Well, let me let me put it this way. I'm I'm going to request another interview for my other employer. So uh, we'll we'll be in touch very shortly. And that's a global audience on television. So we'll we'll talk about that. At uh, Cairo, now I've, got, now I've got lots to say. So call yeah. me inside. <laughs> Cairo, thanks for your, for your time as always, um, even though it's taken over a year to, to finally get you on the show. But thank you and um, keep up the stellar work and uh, we can't wait to, to see you May the 8th and, and, and we'll hopefully be uh, bringing MMA Uncaged from there after EFC um, when that takes place. EFC 85, Saturday, 8th May in Johannesburg, South Africa. It's the much most anticipated show of the year, it's fair to say. I think even more anticipated than the British and Irish Lions against the Springboks. <laughs> Thanks, yes. Thanks, Johnson. Always great to connect and keep up the good work on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, Cairo, you take care. See you guys soon. Take Ciao. care. Bye-bye. That was Cairo Howarth. He's president of EFC Worldwide. And Justin, obviously, they've been hit hard by, by COVID. And 
changing into a new model to to sell equity to to athletes and, and you know it's it's about surviving in this in this current climate isn't it yeah i think <clears throat> i think everybody i know i did uh survivors let me say survivors sort of took stock crowd in their socks a little bit uh, i know i did and i was like well i'm not going to go down like this and you come back swinging hmm. um i don't know it's a fighting analogy but that's i would imagine would have been a big blow for ufc and Cairo and his brothers and Graham would have worked hard. And I, I look at this and I go, it's a very different option. Um, but if you don't try, you'll never know. So yeah. I, 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 I literally, I'm in, I mean, <laughs> I know the hashtag says that, but I, I believe in the sports in Africa. They have been pioneers. Uh, they've taken it to certain, to, to a level that it is. And uh, historically, they haven't never let me down. So I look at it and I go, I'm invested because yeah. so are they. So I, I can't wait for it. I just want to see this live event. But. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, there are, uh, we've got a main card, uh, which is five fights. And then on the prelims, we've got three fights. But just to, to touch on, on the main card, we, we've seen guys like Boyd Allen, who is, has been destined for... for with all due respect to the UFC, but for, for bigger things, you know, for another platform. You know, we, we've seen him uh, switch to boxing. Now he's coming back uh, with MMA and there's sort of reports that he's eyeing out another organization. But it's good to see some of these legends come back. And another guy is Martin van Staden. We've had him on MMA and Cage before. And, um, you know, the Punisher's also back. It's great to see these guys competing again. So even if, even if Boyd Allen is looking at another organization... That's okay. He's going to put a stamp down again here. And like Cairo said, fly on. If that's what you want to do and you come back, fight, do what you need to do. And if you want to move on, they won't stop you, which is great to hear. Uh, and it's good to see that Bird Allen has fallen on the yeah. MMA. Yeah. I think he's so. A, he's a super he's a, talent. <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. I mean, as I say, like, yes, the, the, the COVID has been a game changer in terms of movement of athletes competing overseas. But I do think that you know, EFC plays its part in producing these next-level athletes from Africa to these big organizations. And it must be part of most athletes sort of... Look at Gareth Soldier Boy. I mean, yes, he, he was an EFC champion, but his sights were set on always getting better and improving and fighting better guys. And where do you find those guys? You find them in the Bellators, the UFCs, the one championship of the PFL, right? Yeah. Um, I look at what, what UFC has done... Um to to lift up fighters some uh, some companies uh, other organizations make it a prerequisite to be a, a, a regional is probably the wrong word but um so let's call regional africa they want you to be a champion from where you come from before you get in so that's on your cv yeah. which is important and ufc is a world-class production it's as close to ufc from a production standpoint as you can get like being in the back You've been there, you know yeah. about it, you, you've been a broadcaster all over the world, you know that they're on a touch. Mm. Like, and and they, that's on a limited budget, polished. let's be honest. It's, it's on a limited You're budget. The they're still, yeah, exactly. They're not, they can't compete with a dollar at this point. And they still pull off a great production. Yeah, exactly. Like, would you rather, and I agree with what he said, would you rather him come back and have a lackluster show or really sharpen his axe and really come back with, with, with a mind blowing show? Huh? Maybe six months ago, I'd be like, just come back because I'm bored. But yeah. now looking at hindsight, and I know hindsight's 2020, looking at him going, shit, this is, I'd rather wait because it's going to be a good product. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the fact that they've got three lined up already, uh, it's in the making. May that's, eight, the, that's, that's exciting. That's, yeah, because that's showing sustainability. That's showing promise to the public who they're asking for, for investment. But that's showing that they're not just one and done. They're not going to... Yeah. They're not going, well, let's do one and see how it goes. They're going, we're planning three. Yeah, this so, is the next chapter. This is it. Yeah. And this is it. They were the ones who came in 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and really sort of woke everybody up. And I think maybe this is what they're doing again. You know, everyone, everyone, and there are great product, uh, promotions in this country. They all pitch themselves against EFC. Like, that's the benchmark. And then they try to be as close as that they can. They, so EFC is always in the, in the talking. Yeah. So they're trying, and if like competition is good because it's just going to make everybody raise up, raise their ball. 
Well, I think that's the way that it's the only way African MMA can grow. And, and until a big organization comes along and puts roots down here, you know, EFC has the responsibility to be this pipeline and to be this platform. Yeah, and get out a TV yeah. for people to be seen, for people to be promoted, there we for go. to get companies to sponsor them so that they can be the, broad, the, the advertising vehicle. Yeah. Because he is not asking them, they're asking them yes to invest, but they're also not stopping them from who their sponsorship is, no. which is great. Yeah. So they're going to be a, a mobile billboard. And fighters that see the future and look at it and go, people who surround themselves with good management are going to say, right, let's forget the short-term money. Let's look at what advertising, who we can associate yeah. our brand with, and that's the smart play. Yeah, and exactly. Anything else, if there's purse or there's, there's investment opportunities, is all cream of the cream on top if it comes. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. You've got to position yourself as sort of a 100% com salesman. Yeah, well, you know what? you got to do, if, if I can quote Tupac Shakur, you know, you've got to do what you got to do oh, to survive. Like <laughs> Forbidden. Especially with those guys behind you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, let, let's move right along. And, and once again, thanks very much for, for all our subscribers. Seven and a half thousand. It's, uh, it's been awesome to have you along. So uh, please uh, like and subscribe on, on YouTube. Also, we're also on iTunes. Um, and soon we'll be on, on Spotify. So, um, you know, keep uh, keep listening, keep tuning in. Um, <laughs> one day, one day. They're um, gonna delete. They're gonna delete Gareth's episode. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, Gareth Soldier Boy McLaren can't join us uh, tonight. But let's quickly talk about what's been going on in, in the world of MMA, and and obviously, um, you know. Once again, Conor McGregor has found a way to dominate the headlines. Um, he's on Twitter said that his fight with Dustin Poirier is off. And they had a spat about a donation. And Conor's calling him a hillbilly. And where's my 500,000 US going to go? Uh, is this just part of the build-up? Or is this fight really off? What's your take, Justin? I don't know. Um, I've tried to think about it. I've spoken to a couple of guys about it. They're like, oh, it's hard, whatever the case is. It's... It's different when you when Connor's saying the fight's off. Um, I want to hear the official word from the UFC mm. because they've shown before it's not the Connor show. He tried his luck at two, UFC 200 and they just pulled the rug out from under. Unfortunately, in this kind of time, it is the fight that people want. Um, and it's true what Connor says like, go fight on your old contract. The old contract's yeah. going to be pretty poor compared to pay-per-views, etc. Um, it's not great that a fighter holds so much power, but it is great because he's a talking point. I hope the fight happens. Of course, uh, the trilogy. I hope the donation happens. Yeah. Uh, I also hope that Dustin does have a plan and he does have goals where the money is going to go. Because um, that is that is a valid point, what he's saying. No, both of these guys, you know, that's... Like, it's kind of like a time and you're going, well, okay, well, you promised the money, but okay, but why haven't you told me? Listen, thank you for your donation. This is what it's going towards. Yeah, yeah. This is what the, this is what the foundation's goal is. We're feeding X amount of kids in these areas and we plan to roll it out over whatever months. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Time frame, we've got this event. This is what we're all going towards. Yeah. And that's got to be very clear. Like, it's... Uh, it's got to be very clear because you've got to have buy-in and that might be a negative spin for Dustin's um, foundation because yeah. you've got to be clear in your direction and you've got to be clear in where, where you're going to do it because it's all good and well saying give me money um, and I know this from experience recently like it's all very good thing but you've got to have clear vision and clear goals Yeah. so it's easy for people to trust you with their money and go cool go with it yeah um, yeah, I do hope the fight happens. I mean, it's, even now, they're creating a stir. Uh, it, it's good to see. Um, I want to see the fight. Yeah, there's no, of course. Imagine the rest of the fighters in that car. No, it will be mad. I mean, but, there's already some crazy stuff coming. I was going to get paid, and now I'm not going to pay. I must just touch on the event that we've just had uh, recently. Um, I know... You know, we're heading to Jacksonville, Florida next uh, for the UFC. 15,000 fans. Uh, it's, in, it's insane. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Whitaker and Gastelum uh, going, going head to head there. But 
let's just quickly touch on the previous event and and we had holland against uh, vittori um vittori almost looked like he was being disrespected when holland stepped in because of darren till's broken collarbone um but at the end of the day you know these guys still have to compete you know you've got to get on with it as regardless if your eyes are set on israel adesanya a second shot at the champ you've still got to get through a guy like the trailblazer because holland is is a guy that you cannot underestimate he's actually got better and 2020 was a great year for him but vittori just stuck to the game plan and got the job done yeah uh, i just want to touch on pink in the seeds i think you've got three adam apples that was mad yeah um I don't, he didn't seem to pull the trigger. Like in the beginning, he, striking was flash, whatever. But Tory sort of pushed his, put the pressure and put the game plan together and what? Um, Kevin Arnold is not proud of his back. He's, yeah. he's too, even though he's, uh, I mean, I watched the comedy, I said he's, he's a jiu jitsu black belt and a kung fu black belt. I'm pretty sure you'll get belts and kung fu and shorts. <laughs> I just but love he, I might be wrong. the kung fu master. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know if it's a belt or a sash or whatever. I'll, I'll have to brush up on that. But yeah, Vittori it, 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 was the biggest stronger man. Yeah. Um, and maybe Kevin Holland kind of took him for granted or saw him as like a, a stepping stone. Yeah. And didn't he? But he was the biggest stronger man. 100%. Um, what did you think of McKenzie doing? I just think, and while my uh, dogs uh, have identified clearly a cat crossing the road or something like that, my apologies <laughs> for that. I think Mackenzie Dern um, is on an upward trajectory. And, and I think if she continues this way, she's due at a title shot. On the ground, a jiu-jitsu world champion, black belt, she's unstoppable. Nina Nunes is no slouch. She really isn't. But Mackenzie Dern just was on another level. But Nina definitely had better striking, has better striking. But Mackenzie sort of just, she took the rear, took the rear gauge and just, Push the pace and it didn't allow any space to do anything. Yeah. And for that whole time, Nina Nunez was pressed up against the cage and on the back foot. And that arm bar was so tight, you don't oh, understand. Bro. Man. You don't, is like there was not a centimeter gap, skin to skin. I mean, Mackenzie Dern ranked 11th, uh, Nina Nunez 5th. I mean, that will probably uh, change. But yeah. the way that Mackenzie Dern has evolved. It's just incredible because uh, firstly, I, I think she just doesn't stop smiling. She's got this incredible smile, but she's got the skills to pay the bills. There's no doubt about it. I mean, she had weight issues before. Yeah, uh, but she had a like, baby, so you can understand. No, bro. She had weight issues before the baby. Oh, I so see. She, so this is, she's come back as a, as, a, as a mom. It's amazing what you do when you surround yourself with the right people, yeah. etc. Um. But she looked amazing. That was for straw weight, 115 pounds. What is that? Yeah. 57. Straw weight. 57, you know, 57 kilograms. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's they crazy. looked amazing. Both of them. Both moms. Yeah, both moms. Really and come back. Yeah. The bodies will change. Um, I like the, the sportswomanship. Is that a word? Like, yes. They were both really cool Sportsmanship, to yeah. Yeah, they were really cool to each other. I mean... Especially so the, humble. Yeah, with Amanda Nunes, who's the GOAT. There's no doubt she's the goat. I mean, you had Mackenzie Dern hugging her, hugging each other. It was just, it was just crazy, man. But yeah, there was mad respect, and it was just uh, a, a real great example of, of uh, sportsmanship in women's MMA. Um, Arnold Allen, uh, what did you think of him? There's a lot of hype around the Englishman. He came out, and you know, he's elusive. He moves his head movement. He's he's difficult well, he's to damage. He's legit. Your thoughts? Uh, very quick. Um, I don't know how he's going to fare right up in the ranks. Uh, I think maybe co-main event was a little bit premature, not on performance, mm -hmm. but just, like I know they're pressing the English MMA thing. Like I know it's a big market for them. Yeah. Uh, but he did deliver well-matched fights. Um, but he was he was he's lightning fast. I mean, I take nothing away from him, but I do want to see more from him. Like he's, I, I would say he's one more one more one more fight away and another good performance away from me like being sold on them yeah yeah um just some news that i've just come across now um before we get into uh the next uh, fight night it look jp base has stepped in to fight francisco figuero at may 8th ufc card that's after yeah. jimmy flick retired so 
another one for JP Base to, to get into the mix after, um, uh, you know, an indifferent start, I suppose. You know, he's looking to, to, to bounce back and, and get in the W column. Yeah, it's good. I think he stays prepared. I think he's like him and his wife, they, they live that life. Like it's, I know he likes to eat a day, like one day he'll take out and eat donuts and whatever the case, <laughs> to reward himself. But I think, I mean, you, you watch from, from Instagram and Facebook, they they live that lifestyle yeah, and yeah. support each other. So I don't think weight is a thing, and I think he stays ready. And there won't be, like, that won't be as big a surprise. Like, they will keep a certain pool of guys ready um, and say, listen, you, you, you're not bombed. We want to keep you here. Yeah. So it's good. He looks like somebody that his opponent, I don't know. I must look at it again because I saw it today and I was like, you look like somebody. Figueredo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Who do you think he looks Come back to me, Ozzy. I'm going to look for it. Because <laughs> he looks like there's somebody I know, which might be a ridiculous inside joke that no one is going to get. But <laughs> hey, man. At the end of the oh, day. I know he looks like. This is where, do you remember Captain Phillips, the movie? Yeah, the, 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 the Somali pirate. Look, look at the guy. I'm your captain. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I'll have to have a closer look. Um, Justin, um, UFC Apex Las Vegas this Sunday. Uh, that's uh, South African time, uh, early doors. Whitaker against Gastelum. Now, Whitaker is saying that he's pretty much saying he's going to show some tricks here so that he can get another Adesanya shot. Is that is that your thinking? or Because... Kelvin Gastelum is no slouch. He's got power. He can knock you out. But this could be a barn burner. I know we spoke about uh, Kelvin Gastelum being a good guy and all that. Really different. Uh, just for me, I don't know. I know his results showed. It, just for me, I can't get on that half train. Robert Whitaker, okay, like he's a beast. The Reaper. He, I, I don't see uh, Gastelum winning that, but. Don't ever bet with me. Not anymore. Hey, this sport, you never know. You really never know. I know what... Uh, it, what do you think yeah. the pressure's going to be with the first time back with spectators in Florida? I mean, this this one, so according to the UFC's website that we're on now, this one is still at the Apex, but that's not right, is it? Is this the one happening at the Apex? And no, then the, the next the, one's no, Fight think, Night is no, Apex. No, no, this, is, this is a Fight Night. So well, 261, is it? They wouldn't put in. They wouldn't put a fight night there. They would put. No, no that's what I said. Put, uh, yeah, because um, I, I was I was looking earlier and I was like, surely that won't be. They wouldn't waste a fight night on it. But no. they, it is. It's a fight night. It's not a number. Yeah, it's a fight night. So this is at it's, the UFC Apex, and then Jacksonville, Florida no, is two sixty one. Usman Masvidal, and yeah. that that is a ridiculous card. That. That that is, it, I reckon it, it's going to be Usman winning again. I don't think he No baptism be. for the Nigerian nightmare. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I think he'll play it too safe. I think he'll grind him out. Um, possibly a decision again. I don't, but I don't see I don't see it. I mean, always great. I mean, Muslim was awesome to watch. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a baptism like you say. Hey. One thing is, uh, you never know what's going to happen, but uh, the way Kamaru Usman's been going about his business, you wouldn't bet against him, let's put it that way. But then... We know that this weekend, five days' time, is Jake Paul is fighting Ben Askren. That's right. The one, was, the one who was baptized. He got baptized in first second. And if Jake Paul so. wins, I'm not going to be happy. Look, if that happens, then I've lost a lot of faith in in this <laughs> in fight yeah, sports. But, but, but the worst start to go... And put up against you picked the, you picked the worst striker that you could have chosen. I'm yeah. not saying being a horrendous striker, but he's definitely more of a grappler. And then you are putting him with his weakest skill set up against the guy who's been training us, and he's got a lot of heart running him. And, and I don't think Ben Ashton is used to this heart, not used to the numbers that that, that are going to the eyes that are going to be up. Yeah, certainly not. He's certainly not showing it. He's not. He's not handling the limelight very well. I mean, Ben Askren is no slouch. I mean, in his MMA career, he's been a former Bellator champion, a one champion. But as you say, this is not his strength. And he's up against yeah. a guy who all he knows is boxing, you know. Um, 
it, it's yeah I, I don't know what's going to happen but that is happening this weekend and it's actually a shame that we have to have to talk about it because it's, it's grabbed the headlines <laughs> isn't it anyway that's happening that's happening but yeah i think what's exciting is that uh, mma in in africa returns uh, in 24 odd days time uh, that's happening with the efc worldwide uh, efc 85 we can look forward to that and then there's other cards that are planned after that and also then We've got UFC 261, which is just going to be insane with fans. Um, things are looking good for the sport of MMA across uh, the globe, and, and that's why we're talking about it uh, on MMA Uncaged. Yeah, UFC's done a great job by putting all eyes on them. Phenomenal job. Look for the rest of the sport is amazing. Phenomenal job. I just wish that we could get that access here for other promotions, other organizations, you know, because right now, we're spoiled for choice. We have EFC and the UFC on Supersport all the time. It's great. It's it really awesome. We're spoiled for choice here. But Justin, we're going to have to leave it there. That was episode 25. Thank you very much for watching. And uh, thanks for, for subscribing. And thanks for, for being a part of this journey. We hope to bring you more MMA Uncaged. And like and subscribe. And, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, next week, we'll have Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan back. And who knows, maybe another exciting guest. Thanks very much to Kara Haworth, uh, the president of EFC, and Justin Ferry, as always. And we'll bring you another episode next week. For now, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll be back uh, once we've seen what happens, of course, this weekend. Hopefully it's not Jake Paul. Please, it's not Jake Paul. <laughs> huh. Huh. Welcome to forever, man. Let's go. No surrender, no surrender. Yeah. yeah, you know that this right here forever. Go, go, and there will be no surrender. Now allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me J O N to the easy E. Know that we undefeated, y'all are beneath them speeds It's trying to air a grievance But his lines are overhead, better check the air for clearance Call the tower, this is our critic He the air apparent, uh-huh Really, I've never been better Legacy, this is forever It's forever, you know Yeah, this right here